Welcome to the Invisible India podcast. I'm Jessica. And I'm Abhishek. We are a cross-cultural couple doing life in India, exploring the lesser-known mysteries of Indian culture, interviewing fascinating figures who have chartered new territories, and sharing life as we raise our multicultural family amongst the complexities of modern Indian life. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to read a question from a listener. So today's question is from Laura, and she is asking, what is it like to make friends as a foreigner in India? This is one of my favorite things to answer when people ask me, how do you feel people accept you or don't accept you? And I would say that I have been very blessed to have people really accept me, really show a lot of kindness to me. I'm a person, I'm pretty outgoing. I don't mind like looking like an idiot or making mistakes, putting myself out there as much. India is a place where people really are very interested in foreigners and people are always asking, you know, where you're from and um, what do you do? And, and if, because I'm a woman, you know, of course, this is very important. You know, are you married? You know, people are always asking, like, what's your kid's name? How old are they? Uh, people are just very interested immediately in your family and in a lot of personal details of your life, which in other countries is a little bit weird to ask somebody, oh, you know, how many brothers, sisters do you have? That's a very weird question. In Western culture, that's like very personal almost. And that's not as important to really know about the person, but in India it is. So I find that if you're willing to answer these kind of questions, if you're willing to answer questions that are maybe a little uncomfortable for you, then people can really relate to you and can just learn something about you and the way that you, the way you see the world. And you can learn also to ask people questions that make them feel like you want to know them. I, I really feel that making friends in India is very easy, uh, on the surface level at least. But getting like the really deep friendships with people that really understand you as an outsider or someone that's from a different culture, I would say that is definitely a more long-term and process that takes a lot of persistence, dedication. Very excited to share with you part two of my conversation with Abhishek and Natasha from Two Idiots Travel. Link to their website is in the show notes and be sure to check it out. This is part two of a conversation that I had with them about their almost nine-month travel around the world with their toddler. And they are the authors of How to Travel with Kids Without Losing Your Mind. Hope that you enjoy the conversation as much as I did. Be sure to listen all the way to the end because they graciously offered to give away a copy of their ebook to listeners of our podcast. So be sure to listen all the way to the end to figure out what you need to do to get a chance to win their book. Let's dive in. Let's talk about the positive aspects first. So what were some of the life is beautiful moments that you had on your eight and a half month journey around the world? That's a good question. That's a very loaded question. I'm like, life is it beautiful. is a loaded question. Just like, wow, like we, this is so beyond what I 
imagine that we could experience and it can be anything yeah let me talk about like my, maybe one of my favorite moments yeah with arab and this is us in a safari in botswana you know i, I think as parents you know you're always trying to educate your child you're helping them learn whether it's words or numbers letters whatever it may be right and and we were we were in botswana first of all taking a safari with a child is a slightly as a slightly scary thought but you know we <laughs> were on a, a kid friendly park uh, to do it in we, you know we found a private tour and driver to accommodate our schedules and we go out there and, and we leave the camp and it's literally been i think like 3 minutes we've been out and we see this herd of elephants come by it's it's really stunning right to see like elephants in the wild you know to begin wow. with you know where you are you know you are in their home arab looks up and he sees that and he says elephant for the first time uh, and the was uh, i had one because this was the first time we saw elephants so i had my phone on and you can like you record this whole moment to me like you know i i, I recall that moment and i say you know that probably would not have happened at home even at a zoo because the the proximity the number of elephants the situation like it was just so overwhelming for him that he finally like used the word elephant for the first time and, and and he learned probably more than he did and so for me that was beautiful it was one of my beautiful moments there's several yes and and like you were saying right just like seeing the joy that a child brings to a travel situation and makes it so much more meaningful for you <laughs> what about you natasha any stand out moments so it's funny because i am trying to find all the moments i felt content on the trip you know that feeling you get when you see your family in one place and there is this this like this really fulfilling content feeling and so i have a lot of moments of that that i find very fulfilling about the trip because the big moments are great and they're aha uh-huh, and you know after a while it was like oh wow this is so amazing this is so amazing but there were times like in the evening when you realized like you don't have a schedule like there is no rush because mm. i am such a structured person i literally think i run a schedule in my head all day mm-hmm. every like you know a lot of parents and just being able to sit down at dinner and not feeling rushed and being able to just take as long as you want and not having to like be like okay you got to eat up you got to put you to bed you got to do this and got to do that mm. those thing dinners especially because we would like just try to have um you know go to a restaurant dinner at night i i found those dinners those that feeling of content come at those dinners and it it was just really lovely it made me it made me feel safe i think that's the best way i can put it, it made me feel content and safe and i don't feel content very easily so mm. i think those moments i remember probably the most mm. that is incredible just to hear you synthesize it that way that that experience and that feeling is not easily recreatable anywhere but on vacation right and anywhere um and when you're doing the trip for so long i imagine that sometimes it might you might feel like man i just want my schedule i just want my structure i just don't want to have to plan every single day or uh, you know look up every restaurant that we're going to go to i just want to have some routine so did you find yourself like f- feeling stressed out in because of the ambiguity that travel requires at sometimes or i mean how did you guys deal with that i definitely did feel 
stressed out about that. I, I'm just, I think I missed my friends. You know, mm-hmm. I just have a group of friends. And when you're traveling with your spouse and your child for eight and a half months and you're spending all your time, especially with your spouse, you need space. Yeah. So I need space and my friends were not there. So I would FaceTime them and try to find some time. And I just, I'm just a creature of habit. Um, and I just like my bed, and I like my closet. So there are things that I would, you know, I, I think once I decided to post on Facebook, I was, we were in Sydney in some airport and I was like, oh, these lucky few people are going back to their homes. It's so nice because home is such a great feeling, you know, um, and somebody, I think one of my friends posted, okay, like, stop, like, you're not, you're not getting any sympathy from us because I think people think of traveling <laughs> such a aspirational thing all the time they don't realize that when you've been traveling for eight and a half months for someone like me not so much abhishek maybe for someone like me i start missing home and i start missing like the comfort of home so that's the reason i was saying those feelings of content at dinner were so great for me because i did feel like oh it's not the home that i'm missing like this is the time i'm gonna miss so yeah but i i definitely at the end of the trip i was just you know i think when we landed in South America and I saw an American Airlines flight, it made me emotional, which is like such a bizarre thing, you know, <laughs> yeah. American flights making you emotional at all. I mean, they would never make emotional, but it almost <laughs> made me emotional. I was like, I'm on Easter <laughs> time and I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, mean, I was the complete opposite. Like I, I did not initially, I mean, I, I was skeptical on coming back i was i mean the trip was my idea the good news natasha speaking of planning natasha did not have to plan even though she did she was our organizer she had pack and organize and, and make sure like you know things went smoothly you know I, I helped organize it but i loved doing it uh, and i loved figuring out where to go and what to eat and you know what to see etc uh, and so for me you know it was a dream uh, that i had been you know thinking about for several years at that point and so I didn't want. To, I did not want to come back. I was okay with the the schedule and lack of structure. I, I'd like to think I had good friends too, but I figured. <laughs> I figured. I figured they would be here when I got back. <laughs> I was not too as concerned about that, and, and really just trying to like soak it all in. They were all here for us. Yeah. I miss them more. She definitely. In that similar vein, what were some of the stressful moments and the. If we're since we're talking about authenticity, what were some of the not so glamorous moments on this eight and a half month journey? <laughs> I, mean, I can I can start, and Natasha will definitely add it. Like I, I think Natasha mentioned this, like traveling with your spouse for eight and a half months is not easy. When you are you know when you are at home and you fight, you can easily like go to a different room or walk away or you know, go call a friend up or do something like that. Uh, but when you're on a cruise ship and there's no reception and you're stuck in the same room and you really can't go to s- go somewhere else because your child will throw a fit, you know, you 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 fight and you have to like resolve it, right? So, so what was interesting for us was I, I felt like we fought a lot uh, on the trip, especially initially. But the fact that we were together and we really didn't have anywhere else to go. Uh, even though Natasha, like this is this is sort of funny. Uh, there were several <laughs> on the trip. She like we started we fought, and then Natasha gets on kayak, uh, and uh, she starts looking at flights to Charlotte from the most random places, right around the world. <laughs> <laughs> Just think 
host spot. I every yeah. time we had a really big fight, I'm like, I'm out of this. Yeah, and I'm like, and then and then she always picks first class for some reason. <laughs> That's my big effort. Yeah, and, and <laughs> I'm like. And I always used to say, but if you're going, we all are coming. She's like, no, I just, I, I'm, I'm, all, I'm the only one that needs to go. I'm like, no, then Ara needs to come with you, and I'm coming too. But we used to, you know, it's interesting. Like, I never booked it, just FYI. Yeah, she never booked it. <laughs> it was your escape mechanism. <laughs> I'm about to do. Yeah. She, I think she put a credit card in too. But... It's a, you know, but we fought a lot. We resolved fights. And I feel like, and this is true after coming back, I feel like, you know, in, towards the end of the trip, we got a whole lot better with the way we communicated and the way we saw, uh, you know, things going south. Uh, and even after coming back, like, I, I felt like we fought, even though I think my parents might disagree or her mom might disagree. Like, I feel like we fight a whole lot less and we resolve things a whole lot better. We fight better. We fight better. Yeah, we fight better. Right, we fight better. Yeah. Yeah. So that that was one of lots of fun things. Yeah. What else? Um, Abhishek is very clumsy. Um, I think he uh, almost lost his wallet like three times in an international country. <laughs> like, forgot a bag, you know, sitting on the curb. Um, yeah, in Argentina, it was Chile, I think. Chile. Yeah, so it's happened a couple of times. And the big one for me, like one of the most stressful moments of my life is when we almost missed our cruise in Bangkok. So it was so stressful because we, you know, we're seasoned travelers and it was a cruise and Bangkok was far away from the port. And we decided to take the bus there, but the bus from the cruise ship always comes back early and we think we can handle it. So we decided to take some kind of cab service. I think we did Uber, which I don't know if Bangkok allows or not, but whatever. And we're coming back and we missed an exit and all hell broke loose. And the cruise ship is calling us. We're lost. We don't speak the language. By the time we reach the port, it's just great. It's a port like it's a big, big freaking airport port. Like it's not like bigger than airport. It has has like 10 terminals and 10 different ships. And wow. we were lucky we made it, but it was, it, it scared the crap out of me. I think we got, yeah, we got to our ship at our, our so late. Yeah. And we were lucky because other tours, tours were still very late. And so they don't, you know, they'll wait on their excursions. Yeah, we were lucky, but it, it was so terrifying that every time I think of getting off the cruise, I, the, our book has how to make sure that this does not happen to you. So. Yes. Oh, man. That does sound very stressful. <laughs> it was, it was very We have to start thinking our passports are with the ship. All of our, all our stuff is in the ship. How do you figure out, like, like where to go? What do you buy? How do you make the flight uh, so you can catch the ship in the next destination? I mean, all Wait, these thoughts go yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Oh, yes. Stressful situation. I mean, traveling is, you know full of stress the the losing of wallet is always the most stressful thing but that i think that that cruise that cruise day was pretty stressful yes yes oh man i just i feel yeah i can relate with you in that um we uh we had a really terrible debacle a about it was a year ago now where all of our passports and 
residency cards for India, computer, phone, wallet, bunch of documents were stolen. And uh, it was like the worst thing I've ever gone through in my life. So I <laughs> travel is definitely not without its stresses. Oh, like, like anything, like most things in life, not anything, but most things in life where it's stressful in the moment, you know, you learn a ton from it, but then you can laugh about it later. And you can say, man, great experience. Yeah, the Bengal thing I can laugh yeah. about, but it's left a memory in my head of when I need to go back to the cruise ship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you talked a little bit about how you guys grew closer as a couple. You talked about how you learn to deal with stressful situations. I mean, you guys are already a multicultural family. You have lived in several different countries. You speak multiple languages. But I imagine that even as a multicultural family, your picture of the world got even bigger. How, what were some of the big picture cultural takeaways that you, that you have with you? I think we had traveled a lot before, uh, with, you know, before Arav also. And I find that something that gets reinforced all the time, that people around the world are actually all the same in some ways. They all just want the same things. They all want like safety, security, you know, they want to provide for their family. They all just want to live good lives. Like it's, they might be speaking a different language and doing it differently, but they all kind of want the same thing. You know, it's just like sometimes you think of people in different countries as so different. And then you get there and they're like, oh, I just want my kid to have a great education. And you're like, yeah, that's what I want for my kid too. And, and that's really it. So I, I was, I'm always surprised by how similar everyone is more than how different they are. I think, yeah, that's a good one. And, you know, for me, and this is sort of like a piggybacking on this point, uh, you know, one of the more seminal experiences I had, uh, you know, in, you know when, when people ask us what are most like kid-friendly countries when you travel the world where, you know, I would say, you know, we always put Spain on top of the list, but, you know, a lot of people expect that, like a lot of places in Europe, especially Southern Europe, are, are like just super kid friendly. Uh, and then one of the other countries we mentioned is China. Um, and, you know, this was like super surprising to a lot of people, especially the U.S., considering some of the tensions that are happening in today's world between the States and China. Uh, mm -hmm. But when we went to China, it was... It was it was weird to see how much people loved and adored our son. Um, I mean, grandmothers were concerned for whether he was too cold. Yes. Teenagers came up and asked if they could take pictures with Arab, not us. The craziest experience we had was, you know, we were at a restaurant, right? This is in Beijing. Uh, we went, to, we go to eat at a hot pot restaurant. It's one of the top hot pot restaurants in the in the country in the in the city. Uh, and, you know, we walk in and they say, it's, I think they said it's like a one hour wait. Um, and we're like, that's fine. And in China, it's cool. You know, if you wait, you, they give you a spa and you can get manicures done and yeah. all these fun little things Fancy done. Stuff, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, we take a spa expecting to wait for an hour uh, and they come and call us in 10 minutes. Uh, and I think a part of it was because we had a child with us, you know, they gave wow. us a table very And he was asleep. And he was asleep, right? And so this is, it gets even better. So... <laughs> So we get to our table, you know, he's sleeping in the stroller. Uh, Natasha and I are looking at the menu and stuff. And, you know, we look up and, you know, we expect the waiter and folks to come. And instead, we see a couple of folks moving a crib, like basically rolling a crib 
Yeah. On wheels. Cable. Yeah. Can you imagine wow. this like, restaurant, an actual like big crib. like wooden crib on wheels wow. to our table because they saw the child was asleep and like, all right, let's get a crib so we can put him in the, the crib in the crib. And, wow. you know, of course, up then he throws a fit uh, and we, we try and get, get him calmed down he, and he's not really eating any of the food there. And so every this is like every 10 minutes, they are bringing a different type of food that food. he might eat. Yeah, they bring fruits, they bring carrots, they bring, and they're literally like huddling together to try to figure out how do you get him to eat food? They bring him toys. Yeah, we were more, I think they were more concerned about his food than we were. We were like, we're just going to give him chips. It's okay. And pistachios. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's decided not to eat like what, what his snacks are. Whatever. Uh, but it, it was incredible like to watch that type of care for the child from some from some other country was amazing for us um, yeah and that, 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 that was to my first point like if you when you travel around the world you yeah. see how much people care for kids and how much of they they don't consider them a nuisance at a restaurant because yeah. i think sometimes you start thinking that way especially i think specifically living in the u.s it's amazing mm. how embracing and great people are about you know people who are visiting their country and they're such gracious hosts. Of course, there are bad people everywhere, but most of the times when you go to another country, people are just very you know they want to educate you about their culture. That's the best. That's their favorite thing to do. Like who doesn't love that? Wow, that's incredible. I I love hearing that, and I feel that that's some of these the things that traveling like this does is it totally opens up your worldview and breaks major stereotypes and so that's what is such a valuable thing that you guys are bringing is to help other people to understand new ways of thinking having more curiosity about other cultures and other places really appreciate you saying that sharing your stories one last question so we talked about how you guys relate to each other a little bit not differently but um yeah, just, just relating to each other in a slightly different way after having such a different experience. So what did you guys each learn about yourselves on this journey and through this process? In spite of my structure and in spite of how much I wanted, I, I am able to embrace challenges and be a little more flexible as, as, a, as a person, as a parent, and as, as, as also a wife. Because I am extremely structured in my head and I like things very organized. I was willing to let go of it, find a way to find structure in in the chaos. If you had asked me this 10 years ago, if I had taken such a trip, I would have said no. And, you know, I'm also very afraid of flying. I don't think people understand that and they're always surprised to yeah, hear it. Wow. I am yes. terrified of turbulence on a flight. And given I did get turbulence on a plane, but I'm always surprised by how I can push through it. So I, I always, you know, realize like how I can push through things, I can accept challenges, and I'm always, people are always stronger than they think they are. And when they're put in a situation, they definitely learn how to deal with it. It's good to put yourself in challenging situations because you you will be surprised, you always surprise yourself. So I think I surprised myself by surviving the trip. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, like, from, from my perspective, Natasha, I'm, I'm super... <laughs> proud of Natasha. Uh, I mean, she did like crazy stuff that like, taking a helicopter ride uh, with our son screaming. He screamed uh, for 15 For 15 minutes straight. Like, and <laughs> she, 
I know she's terrified of heights too at the same time. Like, and there's a lot of experiences that we had that, like, for me is not a big deal, but for Natasha is, is a huge deal. And, you know, she started off negatively uh, or like scared. Yeah. Uh, but then eventually, like, build herself to actually do it and go through it. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little, con- like, I think one of the big things we learned, maybe I learned about ourselves is I feel like her and I together can do anything. Yeah. Because, you know, we complement each other, we can support each other, and we eventually get through it. So even when situations come up, and, you know, I remind her all the time, like, hey, we've done a trip. We, you know, we left our jobs. We took a trip around the world. Like, this is not a big deal. Right, because we've done worse and we've done more. So I think you know, give a, it gave us strength as a couple. Yeah. You know, for me, the, the biggest thing I was probably concerned about was, I mean, I knew I would love the trip, and, and my, my love for travel has only increased after taking a trip like this. One thing I learned uh, was, you know, I always thought, you know, we delayed having kids because we wanted to travel. Yeah. And you know, when people get married, they're like, oh, I want to travel and do this and that, and then I'll have kids, right? I look back and there's no reason to delay. Yeah, we could have kids earlier. We could have kids earlier and travel, right? Uh, and the other thing that was interesting for me was I was really worried, and this is probably more of a personal thing. You know, you leave a job, you put sort of your career on hold, and you really don't have a plan of coming back. I was always worried at, at some level, like, you know, what would that be like? You know, would I regret doing this and taking a trip like this? You know, it, it's such a big decision to leave earning a livelihood and they give future security, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, we did it. And, you know, I came back and I'm doing other things. And in my, the things I'm doing are even more exciting than some of the things I was doing before. And, you know, I just realized like, you know, it was a good decision to, to follow my heart and to pursue things. And as Natasha said, like, I have no doubt we'll be taking on a trip like this yeah. in the next few years. Uh, and we hope to take a few more of these trips. Before as, a we family, die. Yeah. As, a, as a family before we die. Yeah, that's so wonderful and such a great concluding thought. I feel like as Americans or probably more Americans than other Westerners, uh, we do have this like thing wrapped up with our jobs and our identity. And part of it is not really our fault because our health insurance and like everything is tied to our job. But um, we do have this sense of, of, of fear when it comes to being unemployed, right? So I really appreciate you saying that and just your story of taking the risk and leaving it and taking some time to explore and have adventure and then coming back and having a new perspective and choosing a different lifestyle that matches your values in a new way. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I love having these conversations with other people who are, you know, think like-minded. So where can we find you? I'm going to put all the links in the show notes, but where can people follow you and where can people find your book? Yeah. So I would, uh, to follow us, uh, the best thing is just to go to our website, uh, to the number two idiots travel.com. Our book is available on Amazon. Uh, we have paperback available in a limited number of countries, but you know, we have the Kindle edition available, I think throughout the world. And just search for how to travel with kids without losing your mind. Or if you go to our website, we have links uh, to the book as well. Great. And you guys are on social media. You're on Instagram. You're on Facebook. Anywhere else we can fi- people can find you? Pinterest. So we're on Pinterest. Okay. Uh, 
The two idiots. I think you can search for the the two idiots travel blog. So you guys have graciously offered to do a book giveaway for listeners of the Invisible India podcast. So in the next one month from the release date until one month after, we are going to randomly select one comment. So if you comment on any of the Invisible India social media pages, or if you give a review on iTunes or whatever medium you listen to podcasts on, we'll select one random comment or review and Abhishek and Natasha will send you a free copy of their ebook, which is incredible. I really want to recommend your book just very earnestly to people who are thinking about traveling, even if you're going on a, a shorter trip or a series of trips, or if you're doing something more extensive, I really think you guys have a lot to share. So I would recommend that book to everyone. But yeah, so thank you guys just thank you guys so much for being on the podcast and for what you do and what you bring, what perspective you bring. I really am so glad that you could share with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us.